Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Going back to Romans 5 and other, other passages. Let's begin again. Chapter 8, verse 1, and some of this is review, and then we'll get into new material today. And I, I just got to tell you, this is not your grandma's Sunday school class. Uh, you, you're going to um, you're, you're gonna have to buckle your seatbelt now and uh, go home and study some of this. And, uh, but believe me, you get hold of this, it is life-changing. Chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore... If you ever see a therefore, what do you got to do? See what is there for. Paul's talking about how he's just gone through this horrific turmoil in his inner man that he desires to live according to the things God's telling him, but there's something that's pulling in there. We saw in verse 21 of chapter 7 that there's a law that evil is present with me. He didn't say, I am evil. He said, evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. And if you read the context, you'll find out that that evil was contained in the operation of his body and the appetites of it. And um, we'll, we'll look at that later on. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Well, all right, then say this with me. I am in Christ Jesus, and therefore, there is no condemnation in me. Whatever condemnation that I feel didn't come from God. Did you hear that? Did you hear what you just said? Condemnation is punitive. You say, well, pastor, you just don't know all the mistakes that I've made in my life. You know, God does, and he said, if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation there. God doesn't beat you up. The Lord's not mad at you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Are you in Christ? No condemnation. Uh, whatever condemnation. Uh, look, the devil's the accuser. Revelation 12.10 says that he accuses God's children day and night. He never stops this side of heaven. So you're going to have to answer back with no condemnation. And that, that uh, condemnation is, will drive you into a shell. It'll make you isolate. And it'll make you constantly live uh, in the rearview mirror. And how many of you know if you live in the rearview mirror, you're going to have a wreck? You're going to have to see how God uh, sees you. And the Bible says that if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation there. <laughs> Who do not walk, that is, live our lives, make our choices according to the flesh. Now, we've defined flesh there as those old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving that we had before we were born again. How many of you know when you were born again, God caused all things on the inside to become new, but you've still got some old patterns of thinking that you've had all those years? And um, let me just put it to you like this. The moment you receive the free gift of God, the grace of Jesus, 
Your spirit man was saved. Your soul, that is your mind, your emotions, your volition, your will, is being saved. It's being brought in under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit as we cooperate with him. Your body will be saved. You and I are going to have to have a new body to live in heaven because this one's got sin in it, right? Anybody that tells you their body doesn't have any sin is a liar, a deceiver. Just get away from them. So I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. It's all good if salvation is the key to all of it. Amen. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who don't walk according to the flesh, that is, under the old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving, but according to, that is, under the direction, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How many, how many of you know God wants us to live our life in Christ? For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That, that is Christ is our life. He's made me free from the law of sin and death. What the law couldn't do and it was weak through the flesh. That is, there was no way that the old could produce the new. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That is, he came with a body. Not a body that had sin, but in the likeness of those who had flesh on who had sin, he did it on account of our sin. He condemned, he broke the power of sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law, which is perfection, God's holiness, might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That is not under the influence of those old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving, but under the influence. How is it possible that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, uh, last week we looked at Romans 5. There is chapter, one, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. There's therefore no condemnation. No, I'm on 8. <laughs> therefore, having been justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have standing in grace. Romans 5. The, the justification, the price he paid, is the way God sees us because and we're going to see this later on in our study. Chapter 6 says, you were there when Christ died. You were there when he was buried and you were there when he was raised. That's God's way of seeing things. And God's way of seeing things is the truth. And until we get hold of the truth and stand on the truth, we're going to operate under delusion and deception. I want you to turn with me to uh, turn turn back to the right to Second Corinthians chapter five for just a minute. How is it that God can see me not in a place of condemnation, even though I've sinned and continue to sin? How how is it that I am not condemned? I have been justified that is declared not guilty 
by what Jesus did for me at the cross. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Are you there? Therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is what? A what? New creation. Does it say if anybody's in Christ, he was a new creation? If anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. Do you know that you're new today in God's way of seeing things? You're not, well, I used to be new when I was first saved and now I'm old. No, if any person is in Christ, Jeff, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. This is God's way of doing things. This is his way of seeing it. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 gives us the truth. But I want you to look at verse 21. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. I'm sorry, I, my eyes deceived me there. Verse 21, he, God, made him, Christ, who knew how much? No sin to be sin for who? Everybody say for me. <clears throat> that I, we, might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Are you in Christ? God made Jesus to become all your sin at the cross. He who was perfectly innocent, God took all of your sin in mind, and he laid it on Jesus in, in God's holy and righteous and omniscient, om, omnipotent mind. He took all of your sin and all of mine and placed it on Jesus. But that's not all, Pastor. Read the rest of the verse. See, I used to stop there and say, thank you for that, Lord. You took all my sin and laid it on Jesus. But look at the rest of that verse. I'm not on air there. Verse 21. He took all of Jesus' righteousness and laid it on me. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our, my, our behalf that what? We might become, what? There it is right there. The righteousness of God in him. See it right there? He took my sin and laid it on Jesus, and he took Jesus' righteousness and laid it on me. That's why if you are in Christ, there's no condemnation on you. God has legally declared it so, and he provided that. Not only the removal of our sin, but the imputation of God's righteousness. So your account doesn't have sin in it, but it has righteousness in it. But how many of you know that that is received by faith? It's not earned or kept by what you can or can't do. It's by grace you're saved through faith. Not of yourself. Romans 5, 17 says this, those who receive the abundance of grace 
that is. You know what abundance is? It's more than you need. Abundance is more than you need. Those who received more than enough grace and the gift of righteousness, the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. That is, you'll win every, every, every war. Armed with the righteous standing, the gift of righteousness. If you receive the gift of righteousness, you can't get it any other way. You receive it by faith. You see it in the word and you say, thank you, Lord. I receive it. It's an act of your will by faith. I receive it, Lord. Thank the Lord that he sees you in Christ. That changes everything. Amen. But we are to, what's our part? To walk according to, that is under the influence of the Holy Spirit who is in us, and not according to the flesh. All right. On the back of that outline that I gave you, and I ask you to take a look at it for this week, <clears throat> you've got a, a diagram there of body, soul, and spirit. All right? Uh, every, you know, it's, um, it doesn't take a genius to know that you live in a body. It's your clothes. It is your earthly clothes. It's the wrapper that the real you is wrapped in. And it, it is... Our, our home while we're here on the earth. That is home as far as our body is concerned. Our real man, our spirit man, has a home that is eternal in the heavens. You're a citizen of heaven. But one of the, one of the, one of the reasons that it's so easy to walk according to the flesh, old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving, is because the main player in our body is our brain. It's a massive, incredible computer. But it's part of your physical body. They're doing surgery on that down at UAB probably today. It is an incredible function of your body. And your body's main player is that brain. It has to do with your heartbeat. It has to do with what happens in your digestive system, everything. Your brain is an incredible player in your body. That is a fortunate thing. But unfortunately, there is stored up in that brain of yours and mine some things called memories of mistakes we've made. Right? Just when you think you're doing good, boom. Yeah, look what you did. Look, you remember that? You remember that day you did that? You remember? Oh, you remember that night, don't you? Well, well you remember what you said and did it? See? And so... One of the issues of walking in the flesh is our brain gets information from all kinds of places. Yes, it gets information from the inside. That is through our brain and memories and old patterns and, and stuff. But our brain also gets information from media. How many times do we look at our smartphones in the course of a day? Well, guess what? There's some information coming to there. Some of it's good and some of it's ugh, not so good, right? But we're getting, somebody's talking to us. It spooked me out the other day when I realized that my, my smartphone knew where I was. You say, well, Pastor, that's what happened a long time ago. I know, I'm slow. 
we're getting information from the outside through media, through um, other people. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but other people will be quick to tell you how wrong you are. Have you noticed that? Have you ever noticed that everything people say to you is not always kind and loving? Have you noticed that? Our flesh, our body is getting information from the outside, and a lot of it is not good. It sure isn't you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It sure isn't there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So our body, our, we're getting all kinds of information. And um, the good news is that our body can also get information from the spiritual part of us. And uh, that is our mind. Do you know your mind and your brain are not the same thing? Your brain part of your body. Your mind is part of that spiritual part of you called your soul. Your spirit and your soul, listen, your spirit and your soul, and I put scriptures in there for you to verify it in scripture, your spirit and your soul are inseparable. That's the spiritual part of you. But although they're inseparable, they are distinguishable. Do you understand what I'm saying? They have a different function. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, the, spirit, the Holy Spirit of God came to live in your spirit, man. And lordship means that you begin to, as an act of your will, you begin to walk in agreement with him. And your, your, your spirit and your soul are that spiritual part of you, your spiritual personality that is going to live forever. Did you know that? That spiritual part of you is going to live forever. Your body is getting information from all over the place. And in our body, our brain, our fleshly body, there are appetites that are in and of themselves not sinful. They're not wrong. But when they're out of order, when they're out of God's design for those appetites, uh, be it sexual intimacy, be it food, be it whatever it is, when those appetites are out of God's order, then they begin to establish patterns and they begin to resist what the Spirit of God is trying to do on the inside of us. The flesh works against the Spirit. So our body is not sin in and of itself, but it contains sin. Well, where'd that happen? Did you know that through physical birth, the nature and the spiritual nature of Adam was passed down to you. That is, you were born, you were born physically with the nature of Adam. You have to be reborn spiritually to have the nature of Christ. You'll not see the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. Didn't Jesus say that? So you see, you're born again spiritually. And you get that new nature from heaven, the Lord's nature of you, the image and likeness of Jesus. But that doesn't mean that the old likeness is just instantly done away with. It means that its power over you is broken by the power of Jesus. You don't have to walk in that old way. You don't have to. 
So our spirit, our, our soul rather, is our spiritual personality. And it can be under the influence of our body, what our body's trying to tell us, and our body is always self-absorbed. Did you know that? <laughs> it's always wanting its own desires to be brought to pass. And our, our, our soul, the, the main player in our soul is our mind. It's a huge processor. It receives messages from our physical body, but it also receives messages from the Holy Spirit in the reborn person. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our mind. When you open up the Word of God and ask the Lord to speak to you, the Spirit of God is speaking to your soul, your mind. And regardless of the input of what your brain's saying, ah, you don't need to do this. You need to get on with life, man. You need to, you need to quit listening to the Word and uh, just go to Fox News or something. I mean, listen. The, 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 the brain is always giving us information that has to be brought under submission to the spirit. And the mind is that processor. It receives information from all kind of places, from the body, from the Holy Spirit. And um, how many of you know that the evil one can even speak to your mind. The Bible calls his ability to do that areas in our life called strongholds, 2 Corinthians 10, where we have a pattern of thinking or speaking or behaving that has opened the door into our soul for the evil one to have influence. Now, if you're a reborn person, your spirit man, where the Holy Spirit lives, is not possessed by the devil. But in your soul, in your mind, your emotions, your will, you can be oppressed by the devil. Aggravated. Um, so what we have to do is make sure that our mind is brought into submission to the things of the Spirit of God. Our mind, our will, our w listen, our will is going to make choices based on what is in abundance in our mind. Our mind is our main player in our soul. So my will is eventually going to break down and do whatever has flooded my mind and keep staying there. If my mind keeps staying on this, 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 and this, my will is going to follow and say, well, okay, well, let's do it. So it's incredibly important that we ask the Holy Spirit to be a screen, a, a filter on our minds so that what we allow into our minds is filtered by the truth of the Word of God. Our mind makes, listen, I found that my mind will make projections, form opinions, and um, 
if you ever if you ever notice how quickly your mind can assume something and play a movie of it in your mind. Well, I heard what she said. I know what she meant, and she is out to get me. Well, that guy, I, I heard that. And, I, and so all of a sudden, our mind starts creating, well, I'll bet that what they meant was, and pretty soon, you get a wall built up in your own heart towards somebody and you begin to resist them and, you know, desire their destruction and there's not a bit of truth in uh, what their motives are towards you. You assumed they were and you went ahead and made the movie based on what you assumed their motives were. You're making movies all the time. You know that? Your mind is. Everybody say it with me. My mind is making movies. It's taking assumptions and it's giving me uh, these images of what I think is happening. And a lot of times it's not based in a bit of truth. Not based in a bit of truth. And every, listen, whatever is in, a, in my mind in abundance affects my emotions. I can get mad based on something that my mind tells me is going on, and it's not based on a bit of truth, but yet I'm, I'm just mad. I can walk around mad. You can't. You know, that'll mess up your family life. That'll hurt you with you and your spouse and your children. You can make assumptions, and you think about it and think about it and think about it, and your emotions will just wrap themselves right around all those thoughts and start firing off. It's not even true. You've created a fiction. Uh, your movie's fiction. How, is, how do I have the right? How do I know if my movie's fiction or the truth? Jesus said, John 17, 17, Father, sanctify them. Hold them together by the truth. Thy word is truth. So the word of God has to become the final filter of what I say is true or not. It has to be applied to my mind. And if the right, the right filter is applied to my mind, my emotions and my will will follow. And then I'm living and walking according to the Spirit. You know that you're always talking to yourself. Sometimes if you're like me, you need to stop and see what yourself is saying. And put it against the filter of the truth. Well, now, wait a minute. Holy Spirit, tell me now if what I'm, tell me if that is in line with the truth. Is that, is that the way you said it? Is that the way you feel? Is that how you see that person? Uh-oh. So now, see, the Holy Spirit is, is being allowed to correct me now. Not condemn me, but correction is real. The Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. So 
my self-talk can be either good or bad. It depends on the content of what I'm telling it. <laughs> I want you to look at one more scripture with me, and, uh, by, uh, and that is John 16. We'll close with this, John 16. I know I've gotten off in the weeds with some of you, but um, look. Thank you, Pastor. Keep praying about this. See, do you understand how much not knowing how things work has cost me? Can you believe that? I've got a riding lawnmower, and it don't do anything but sit there. Because when it breaks down, I don't have a clue how to fix it. I have to call the man. Some of y'all not going to believe this. I got a tractor. You believe this? Yes, at 74 years old, I bought me a tractor. I said, I am going to do new things in my life, so I bought me a tractor. I ain't got a clue how it works when it don't work. I have to call the man. Nothing around my house gets done if Dina doesn't know how to do it. I'm not lying. Is that, that's pitiful, isn't it, Otis? That's pitiful. Listen, if you don't know how you work spiritually, if you don't understand the spirit, soul, and body, and you don't understand the importance and the value of worship and the Word of God, and, and the, the, the truth filter on that mind of yours, if you don't know how you work, you're going to get defeated. It's going to cost you something. So Lord, help us to see the truth here. Our spirit, man, God designed us that our spirit is headquarters. It ought to be where the, the streams of life flow out of. It ought to be where our counsel is, where our encouragement is, where our comfort is, where our love is. It's poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. God has designed that inside of you that is reborn in Christ Jesus to house his very life. John 16 says it like Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit and what he's going to do. He said in verse uh, 13, when he, the Spirit of Truth. Why is it important to listen to the Spirit? Because He's telling the truth all the time. When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you. He won't beat it into you. He won't lecture you on it. He will gently guide you into what's truth. Hallelujah. He will guide just cooperate with him. When you see you've missed it, just say, Lord, I, I missed that. I agree with you that I, I got off on the wrong track there. Now I ask you to forgive me of that and let's go back on the right path here. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, what the Holy Spirit hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, Jesus said. 
How many of you know the Holy Spirit acts just like Jesus? That's the reason I've got Christ and the Holy Spirit. Because the, the Bible talks about Christ in you as the very, the presence of Christ in you is through the presence of the Holy Spirit. But they're inseparable. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and give it, declare it to you. And guess what I own, Jesus said. All things that the Father has. Hallelujah. Spirit of truth. Our spirit is our headquarters, our home. It's where the Holy Spirit has lived since our new birth. But you know, most of us are trying to work things out through the mind, through information, through all of this, instead of submitting to the Holy Spirit's voice. The Holy Spirit will use other people to tell you the truth. Yes, he will. The Holy Spirit will will. Listen, he's unlimited in how he can tell you, but his inner witness is what we need to make the filter of our life. What place does the Holy Spirit have in your spiritual home? What place, listen, the Holy Spirit, we begin to walk by the Spirit as we give preeminence to the Word of God, to worship praise and honor and thanksgiving the bible says to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs through worship through the word of god and through prayer are you a believer prayer is your greatest asset of success are you using it it's that place of intimacy between you and the lord It's where you can access the resources of God for your success. He loves you. So what what are you trying to say, Pastor? Let's learn to walk under the control and influence of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, guess what? The influence of the flesh is broken. We don't do it. He does it as we depend on Him. Amen? Saul stand. That's all. Are we learning anything? I told you it's not your grandmother's Sunday school class. We're not baking cookies here. But I want you to begin to pray and ask God to give you understanding of these spiritual principles. Because I'm not moving. I'm going to teach on the status and benefits of being in Christ until the Lord tells me that's enough. He hadn't told me that. I couldn't tell you when it's going to (laughs) end, when it's enough. Just bow your heads now and pray and ask the Lord to give you greater understanding of his love for you, how you work, what pleases him as you walk in the Spirit. Lord, show us those areas in our life where we've been compromised and influenced unduly by the flesh. Help us to recognize that we're getting so many messages consciously and subconsciously. Help us to make a concerted effort to speak to you and to listen to you through prayer, through your word, 
Thank you for the presence of your spirit in our inner man. We praise you and give you thanks for it. Now, Lord, I ask you to bless all of these in the sound of my voice. Thank you for they, they have chosen to listen to this shepherd. I pray, Lord, that you will bless them. Open their hearts to receive more revelation of you. Protect them, Lord. Keep them. Do a mighty and a new work on the inside of them, Lord. Take new ground on the inside of them. I thank you for them today in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Go with God. He's going with you. We'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.